finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, we made our uh, latest list of uh, cancel culture stories, cancel culture victims, and it just keeps getting longer. Disney Plus puts a warning on the Muppets. Uh, Cherokee Indians want Jeep, Jeep to change the name of Jeep Cherokee. It never ends. We'll get into all that today. And uh, we th- I think we found the uh, most boring podcast out there. There's a lot of podcasts, a lot of boring ones, but... Uh, Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama, those two renegades, team up for a very high-profile podcast. We'll play you some of that and see if you can uh, stay awake through the highlights. And uh, Cam Newton says he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL. We'll check with our uh, cold, hard football facts guy, Kerry Byrne. We'll see if that is true. Is Cam Newton still a starter in the NFL? All that and a lot more on the Callahan Podcast today brought to you by DCU. Why do DC members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better? With direct deposit to their free checking accounts, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They'll even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash free checking insured by NCUA membership required. All right, Cullinane, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan podcast. You know, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this Cullinane, but I'm going to say it again that whatever it was a year and a few months ago when we started this, I said, we will definitely be covering cancel culture because uh, we lived it and we, we love it and we we follow it and I can't get enough of it. And it just gets more insane every day. I make my little notes, uh, you know, last night, this morning, and it's just one after another, just 
popping up on the screen as I sit here. Uh, the head of the Cherokee Nation is demanding Jeep change the name of the Jeep Cherokee. And I'm, I guess, go ahead, change it. I don't care. It's not that important to me. I made the list a while ago of the, just the most insane uh, cancellations uh, of the last year. And I put right in the top two or three, the Cleveland character, the black character on, um, uh, where's, where's, family man, uh, fa a family guy from fa Cleveland from family guy. And the guy who had been doing it for 10 years said, I can't do this anymore. And, and, and stepped down and they had to find a black guy. <laughs> I'm thinking, what sense does that make? I mean, um, uh, you name it. Uh, Ellen does a fish, you know, play is the voice of a fish in a Disney movie there. You know, there, uh, there's everybody in Hollywood, everybody in whether it's a cartoon or a movie or is plays something they're not. That's what actors do. And now if a, if a straight person plays a gay person or a, uh, a, a able person plays a disabled person, immediately you have this, you know, you have the mob saying that's not right. You should find a disabled actor. And um, I guess, you know, well, if, well, if you're going to do it, are we just going to run down the list? Like, are we going to every single cartoon, every television show, Let's just fix it all at once, right? It's a fixable. Like if that's if that's your standards now, it's a fixable thing that you can just do everything one by one by one by one, right? And now, yeah, and and now we have uh, Disney Plus putting warnings on the Muppets <laughs> because and and I thought that was a joke at first, but uh, apparently it's true. I'm glad I, I I wish I had Disney Plus so I could get rid of it because it just the Disney Plus also fired Gina Carano, which I'm telling you, it's, it's almost a full-time job to keep up with the cancellations. I listened to Gina Carano. I didn't even know who she was. I'm not a MMA guy or a, or a star Wars guy. Did you know Gina Carano? I've never heard of her until. Never? Yeah. Well, until good. I feel better. She wasn't a wrestler. Then she just did MMA. No, she wasn't a wrestler. She might be a wrestler, but so I don't even, I've never watched Mandalorian. I'm not a star Wars uh, fan or an MMA guy, but apparently she was very popular. She got fired by Disney plus for a perfectly harmless tweet. And it invoked the, uh, the Holocaust, which you, you know, probably shouldn't do, but it wasn't a demeaning to Jewish people or to anybody. It was just talking about how you have to treat other people, treat your neighbors with respect, totally harmless. And, and she got fired, but that was the last straw. I heard her interview. She did, with her new employer, um, um, Ben Shapiro. She now works for uh, for Daily Wire, and she's going to make a movie. And by the way, if you want to look at um, cancel culture victims and 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 really uh, feel have some sympathy for them, I'd suggest you find someone else. She's going to be fine. That's the problem when the, when you have a big star like her is there'll be plenty of opportunities. There's always going to be a net. If she slips, there'll be someone to catch her. In this case, it's Ben Shapiro. She'll be doing whatever. They, they make movies now. Daily Wire makes movies, and they have a big star in Gina Carano. That actually was perfect timing, by the way, because ben, ben Shapiro announced that, I want to say, like, like a day later. It was amazing how they yeah. negotiated it. I don't know. I would think with an agent in Hollywood uh, you know, movies, it would have taken a while. It was one day later. They had a deal done. But she sat down with a pot for a podcast with Shapiro, and it was it was interesting. But two things: one, she'll be fine. Don't worry about it. She's she's she, you know Disney was looking to get you know do you know why they started the process of kicking her ass out the door? This I found amazing. 
She did nothing. I mean, she did nothing. I, I often uh, talk about Grant, uh, Grant Napier, the announcer in Sacramento, who lost his job for saying uh, all lives matter. It was the most insane thing. Nobody defended him. They, they said, fine, you know, all lives matter is offensive. And they, they fired a guy. And he did it in a real benign way. He said, you know, I, I respect everyone. All lives matter. And they fired him. It's insane. And by the way, I believe they hired that Mark Jones that guy who hates cops from ESPN, I mean, a, a, a real uh, extremist, if you will, even by ESPN standards. I think you can check this, but I think he's going to be the new Sacramento guy. So he's You're a guy right. who said he yeah. doesn't want a police escort to the games doing play-by-play because -play he thinks the cop might shoot him. So that guy, Mark Jones. He's a guy who was, it was this week, right? He was liking all the tweets that that's uh, right. walking rush and all that stuff. Yeah. Yes. He, he liked if tweets that were celebrating Russia's death. He liked, he's a, he's a real hater, but he hates in the proper direction. Like he hates cops. He hates rush. That's a okay with the people at ESPN. He doesn't hate, you know, like uh, whatever he, he, he doesn't hate. Uh, looters and, and rioters or things like that, that you can't do that and, and survive. And he certainly would never say all lives matter, but back to Gina Carano, the new star of, of daily wire. The one thing that struck me is she didn't do much of anything to earn this, which uh, is, is obvious. They clearly targeted her. They didn't like her. Cause she's, she's not even a big Trumpkin. She's just, she's, I think she she voted for the first time in her life. She voted for Trump for obvious reasons. She wants believes in freedom, doesn't believe in you know lockdowns, and 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 she's got her reasons. But that's unacceptable. You can't be, you can't go against the mob at Disney and survive. But the process to kick her ass out the door to get rid of her began when she put her. They wanted her put her pronouns in her Twitter bio. Put the he, her, hum, whatever, uh, she, she's, them, whatever. And she didn't want to do it. She didn't think it was necessary. She didn't want to join in on this ridiculous charade of putting your pronouns. So she put beep, bop, boop, like, like R2-D2 makes the noise. Beep, bop, boop. I ended up putting beep, bop, boop in my um, Twitter, bi or Twitter bio. And at 100%, um, it was 100% to go to the Twitter mob that was telling you what to do. Um, and it had zero to do with trying to go after the, the transgendered community because I would never do that. And that was enough. They, they, they not only did they take offense, they demanded she meet with, um, I guess, transgender groups like go through sensitivity training and apologize for putting beep, bop, boop, which I'm going to guess... She's got a lot of supporters who did that. I should do that. Put that in there. Beep, bop, boop. I heard about it at first and I said, that's kind of you know funny and you know apropos. She's on the Star Wars show. And then she explains to Ben Shapiro that that was it. They, they went nuts and they demanded she apologized. They, they found it offensive, hurtful <laughs> to put beep, bop, boop. <laughs> that was all it took. That greased the skids to get her ass out. And then when she tweeted, she tweeted a couple other things about of the election and retweeted something about, you know, uh, voter ID, how you should have to show an ID. Can't do that. Can't say that uh, at the polling place. She voted for the first time and was amazed they didn't ask for her ID. She tweeted about that. Again, very, very offensive. And then finally she said that the Jews in Nazi Germany weren't initially targeted by the Nazis, they were targeted by their neighbors who turned on them. And that was uh, enough. And then when you hear her talk, 
she's like, I have love for everybody. I don't know. She's just a, a you know, very, she's kind of naive, but kind of a, a, a loving, understanding personality, typical Hollywood. I love everybody. She loves her co-star, that Pascal Perez guy yep. who hates, you know, he used Nazi imagery in his tweets, but he hates Trump. So he's a, okay. In fact, he's a big star and, and good standing and they're good friends and they get along great. And she doesn't want to say anything disparaging about him. Uh, but, but they disagree. And she says, we should be able to disagree. She, they demanded she go to talk to all the company. Oh, not all many of the companies, uh, gay, lesbian, transgender employees on a zoom call. She refused. She said, I, I don't like being on zoom calls because you can record what I say and I can't look in your eyes. I will meet with them in person. Just send four or five of them. We'll do lunch. We'll do dinner. I'll talk all night. That wasn't enough. They wanted 40. They wanted to meet with 40 gay, lesbian, transgendered employees, and she didn't want to. So they all turned on her and demanded that she be burned at the stake. And she was. I mean, they fired her for a, a, a completely innocuous tweet. It is, it is wild. Though. Like You can get somebody fired in today's world when the, the people complaining, all you have to do is turn off the channel or you know what I mean? Or maybe not. I guess you could block somebody on Twitter, right? You can mute right. somebody on Twitter. Like somebody DM me yesterday. I think it was Kirk talking shit about you or something like that. He didn't do it. A listener did, but that you tried to cancel Bill Maher. You yesterday on the show, you didn't cancel Bill Maher. You canceled your subscription to HBO Max. That's you turning off the channel. You didn't exactly. call for Bill Maher to be fired. <laughs> it's just exactly. I mean, they, I, I know that I don't even know who was doing it. They were saying I was a hypocrite because of Michael Che, because I retweeted something about Michael Che making the Jewish joke. And I don't care. You could say it's hypocritical if you want, but I demand we look at each, uh, we treat them the same way they treat us. I don't, I hate when they say, you know, if someone on the right, like Gina Carano says, look, she's out. She made this tweet referring to uh, uh, Nazis. Well, what about her co-star? He did the same thing. I'm perfectly okay with what about ism. If you are a conservative or Republican and you give that ground, you cede that ground, you say, I will never, ever ask you to be treated the way you want me to be treated, then you're going to lose every time. It's insane to say that you can cancel whatever comedians who sell, you know, whatever right wing comedian, but you never hold the left wing comedian to the same standard because you don't want to participate in cancel culture. I mean, I can't cancel Bill Maher or, or, uh, or uh, Michael Che, I can I could bitch about him. I could say that's an anti-Semitic joke, as it certainly was. But I can't get him fired, and, and I'm certainly not going after their advertisers. These people are stupid who say you're a hypocrite. Well, you, you can't get them fired, but even I mean, you haven't tried to. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not even it's not even that. It's just like you right, haven't called like, for people to do it. Whether whether you accomplish your goal or not, it's just you haven't called for it at all. So I, 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 and I'm not calling for his firing. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever called for somebody's firing. I, not that I could succeed, but to me, the, it would be, that would be hypocritical. If I said, Oh, he said something. I don't like it or tweeted something. I don't like it. Fire the man, the way they fired Gina Carano, they fired Grant Napier, they fired whoever that would be hypocritical. I wouldn't do that. I can't, first of all, it wouldn't work. But secondly, I wouldn't go online or go on Twitter or go on this podcast and say, fire them. They, they said something I don't like. I want them fired. That would be hypocritical. We don't do that. As I've said many times, conservatives don't like a show 
They change the channel. Liberals don't like a show. They demand the host be fired. That's the difference. And it's getting worse and worse. Yesterday, two Democrat congressmen sent a letter demanding that uh, to know why cable companies have not kicked Fox, OAN, and Newsmax off their platform because of disinformation. It's it's remarkable that A, they do that, and B, nobody bats an eye. It's like there's a couple people on, on Twitter will say this is crazy, but they'll do it in Congress. 500, whatever, 535 people, Congress and the Senate, and they'll say, yeah, here's an idea. Let's demand cable companies kick off any voice of dissent so we have no, we have complete uniformity. We don't want, you know, OAN, oh, I mean, OAN, like this, I'm, I've never even seen it. Have you seen OAN? I haven't. I've seen little social media clips. It looks like a, I've seen Fox. I mean, I've seen Newsmax because I've been on it. But yeah. so these these small voices of dissent as they control all the levers of government, all the corporate every, academia, they control everything. So you have this little OAN channel, you have Fox News, obviously not so little. <clears throat> and their idea is instead of debating them and, dis and disagreeing with them is let's go right to the cable company and have them remove them. It's like going to Amazon, having to remove a book you don't like. I, the fact that this is happening should scare everybody, but even worse um, than, than... And by the way, with something like that, they'll prob they probably... Let me, finish, let me finish the sentence. Even worse is the level of acceptance and just people go along and say, yeah, you know, they have disinformation. I'm going, what? What are you talking about? Dis Every cable channel has disinformation. They have opinions you don't agree with. They have conspiracies like the Russian conspiracy that we had to listen to for four years. You don't say take them off the air. You point out that they're wrong and you disagree and you dispute and you, you argue with them. We've, we've reached this point where everyone's the first instinct is tear down the statue, cancel that show, fire that, that actor. It's, it's frightening. With Comcast, they'll probably get less money because of all the shit that they have to deal with from people about Fox News. You know but I mean? if, if they did that, and see, I, I, I don't think you could cancel Fox News. There'd be too much of an uproar, even in today's uh, climate. But they could get rid of OAN or even Newsmax, and people say, oh, that's too bad. You know, Instead of saying, that's outrageous. You're getting rid of a channel because you disagree with them, because you think they're, they're peddling disinformation. I mean, the, part of the disinformation, if you see... Uh, like the, the 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 hearing yesterday with Merrick Garland, who was pathetic, by the way, he's barely he barely has a pulse. He answered, "I don't know" to everything. I mean, this squish, this this dead fish was going to be on the Supreme Court if if uh, you know Obama got his way. Whatever, he's going to probably be Attorney General, even though he doesn't know anything about anything. But he starts talking about the white supremacist armed insurrection at the Capitol. I'm going. White what When did it become white supremacist? It was like three days after the riots at the Capitol that someone said, here's what we'll do. We'll label it white supremacist. And they just ran with it. There's no evidence that anybody there was a white supremacist. There's no, there's no specific person who's some, like a leader of a white supremacist movement. There's no one that they caught with the, you know, white supremacist flags or whatever. It just made it up because it made it sound worse and more menacing and by the way, it wasn't an armed insurrection either. There was no one with any guns. <laughs> it just, except the cop who shot Ashley Babbitt and killed her for trespassing. But that, I would say that's disinformation, but that's okay. So you have two kinds of disinformation. You have Russian conspiracy theories and armed insurrection, white supremacy. 
that's okay. If you have other disinformation that says, you know, maybe they uh, stuffed the ballot box or left the ballot, you know, left the polling place open after they were legally supposed to close, that's dangerous disinformation. We must shut down the cable channel. To me, it should scare everybody, but it doesn't. I think there are, are good liberals who think it's a-okay. Just don't, uh, you know, don't come after my team, my team. And my, um, my old uh, partner who, uh, is my sometimes friend used to say that if they get their way, like if the these dark forces of in the cancel culture get their way, everybody on radio and TV will be Mike Greenberg. They want it, everyone to be they, Mike they, Greenberg. Realistically, they have really. You, you, have, to find a, you have to find a new platform to find the people that you know are still alive and doing it, like yourself. But they're they're certainly in the mainstream media. They're all you know they've all. It's true, and then you and you look at ESPN, you put it on and. And they got, uh, I watched that morning show for a little while with uh, Jason Williams and Keyshawn Johnson and the other guy. And they're all just, they all say the same thing and feel yeah. the same way. I put it on this morning, by the way, flipped by ESPN. And there was a whole thing about Kaepernick and kneeling. And I'm going, what are we doing? I mean, you know, the, the, because the Texans owner who died, Bob McMahon, was against the kneeling. And somehow that was the reason that everything fell apart in Houston. It was because he didn't support kneeling. I mean, I it, it just it is crazy how it is crazy how things have just changed because it's like like if you as a user of Disney Plus wanted to recommend a change to the platform, let's just say you, you know, put this in the top right screen, it'll help everybody. You would need to get an accumulation of like, let's just call it like fifty thousand people would have to agree with you for that change to become enacted. You know what I mean? On Disney Plus. As opposed to one person probably tweeted about right. the Muppets. One person probably tweeted that the it changed the entire landscape of how they label the Muppets on the platform. And and I heard someone on talking about the Muppets say, well, at least they didn't cancel them. They're just <laughs> going to put a warning, a warning to watch the Muppets that somehow they depict characters in an outdated way. And I'm going, you can't just let the kids watch the puppets and let them make up their own mind. You have to warn them or warn the parents that there might be some. I don't know what some stereotyping going on. It is frightening, but as um, as we said, that every if they got their way in TV and radio, sports TV, sports radio, everyone would be Mike Greenberg, or as my old partner used to say, or Dale Arnold. They would all be like that, very safe, straight down the middle, and and God knows it's happened. You're right. In many ways, it's happened where everyone's afraid to, uh, afraid to say anything. And Pat, they Pat, look, Pat McAfee's the only one left, Jerry. He's the only guy left for us. The best who ever did it, right? Best, best who ever did it. You know what? You're right. You got. We saw it when there was that upheaval, that insurrection at Barstool, and everyone turned on Portnoy because they were afraid of the mob. They knew the mob was coming for Portnoy, and they didn't uh, didn't want to be on the wrong side. So his most loyal, formerly his most loyal employees, guys he brought in, guys he made famous, turned on him because they were so deathly afraid of going against the mob. But let me make this point before we talk to a uh, friend Kerry Byrne from Cold Hard Football Facts who's raring up with some facts for us today. We don't like too many facts, but we'll 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 accept a few today. But I um here's what's going to happen in podcasting if the mob gets its way is there will be there already are, I think, fewer people willing to take a stand, have an opinion and more podcasts like Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I guess it, if you missed it yesterday, um, 
did they announce, when did they announce this was going to happen a couple days ago? Um, I actually think they announced it yesterday morning. They had a huge, they had a big event and it was kind they, of, they announced it yesterday that Springsteen and Obama are teaming up on a podcast, um, um, for Spotify and their, God knows, uh, um, the, the, both of them, I mean, they're, they're calling it renegades born in the USA, which is ironic because these two are the last, I mean, if there's anything renegade ish about either of them, let me know. And born in the USA, everyone knows Barack Obama wasn't born in the USA. I mean, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Actually, that's a disinformation. I shouldn't say that he was born in America somewhere. He said he was born in Kenya, but he wasn't. Um, but renegades, Two billionaires, the ultimate establishment guys, the ultimate insiders, swampy creatures, both are renegades. Anyway, I listened to it, so you don't have to. I spent an hour listening to their first edition of Renegades, and it's awful. And um, as my uh, former partner, sometimes friends, said he was going to have to, it's going to be hard to say it's good. He's going to, it's going to be hard to give it a good review. Good luck with that. It is just tedious and, and boring. And here's my favorite. And, and, and we can play some of it after we, uh, we say hello to Kerry, but my favorite part, Cullinane at the yep. end. Yep. I counted. They listed the credits and how many people to thank. Oh boy. Engineers and sound guys and, and producers and system yep. producers and family members. Yes. Guess how many? Just I'm guess. Gonna, I, I didn't stay for the credits. I wasn't the whole episode, but I didn't stay for the credits. I'm going to guess that there was uh, 15 people attached to that production. Nice try. Uh -oh. 48 people. <laughs> they thanked 40 for a 53-minute ponderous, tedious. And there wasn't a lot of and there wasn't a lot of editing to that. Two old, yeah. two old, you know, race hustling, you know, liberals sitting there talking about how tough they had it growing up. 48 people behind the scenes i have barely i have one i have one and a half wit uh, yeah, producer and, and that's it this guy has 48 assistant producer sound engineer but i mean and and by the way it doesn't sound like it they throw in some sounds some music some speeches but it doesn't sound like it we'll we'll play your a a clip from renegades after we say hi to kerry Byrne from cold hard football facts but first, let me tell you what Shake and Do for you. These guys are the best, the best in the business. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs for any home available in concrete. You can customize your steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home. In most cases, they remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. And just like that, your house looks better. And it's worth more. This isn't an expense. This is an investment in your home. You pick out the steps. You sit in the window and watch on some cold winter day. They will do the rest. They'll put the new steps in, and you will be thrilled. Trust me on this. You can learn more about Shea's Concrete Steps at SheaConcrete.com, or just give them a call or stop in and visit and see what they got to offer. That is Shea Concrete. Hey, Kerry, how are you, man? Gentlemen, how are we doing? It's nice to hear you got a promotion, Dave. You're now a half-wit. There you go. I don't, want any, I don't want any facts with Cam Newton because his interview yeah. yesterday won me over top to the bottom. I want him back. Don't even care that he can't throw the football. He's a winner. We do have, we do have some Cam Newton. Let me, let me start with the Cam Newton question. He made the statement on another podcast, another boring podcast. He said he was definitely a starter, and he was definitely one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL. 
I find that, you know, I mean, I like the guy. Everyone likes the guy, but that's ridiculous. Uh, you only deal in facts, stats, data. Is Cam Newton one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL? Uh, sadly, he may be, but he's oh. far from, he may be number 32, but he's not, he's never been, he's never been an elite quarterback. He's been an elite athlete. And what we know after decades of evidence that people don't want to understand is that athletes and quarterbacks are not the same thing. That's why when people say Aaron Rodgers is on par with Tom Brady because he can run faster, I laugh. He may be more athletic. I don't know. He may be. But he's not a better quarterback. And Cam Newton, in his case, a tremendous athlete. He single-handedly won that national title with Auburn, what, 10, 11, right. 12 years ago, whatever it was. But if you just look at the stats and win and lose NFL games, he's never been an elite quarterback except for that one year they went to the Super Bowl. The one year they went 15-1 and one was easily his best year. There's a direct correlation. He played as well as he could play. His team had their best year. And other than that, he's never been he's never been an elite quarterback. Could he be one of the 32 best? I don't know, Jerry. He may be, but he's not he's not gonna go to the he's not gonna take you to the playoffs. He's yeah, not gonna I, go to the Super Bowl. And I watched um I guess every throw he made in New England last year. And I and I I, I think it's very simple. I don't I don't have the stats in front of me, the numbers like you do, but there's two things that are required of a good NFL quarterback above all others. I mean, you could talk about, you know, athleticism and God knows he's, he's a good athlete and Aaron yep. Rodgers are good. And there's a bunch of great athletes yep. out there playing quarterback right now, but two things are more important than athleticism, speed and anything else. And one is, is accuracy. And one is quick decision-making No decision-making Uber all us. Number decision one, making, you got to make, Quick, good decisions, and you got to yeah. be accurate. Yeah. You, you know, don't have big windows. We saw it with the page. I mean, it was not entirely Newton's fault. His receiving core was not great. They did not get open. There was not big separation where he missed wide open receivers, but he was behind. He was low. He was high. Yeah. He was off the mark, and you don't last. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like whatever golfers who miss the green or, you know, yeah. can't you yeah. know, put it close when they have a chance with a, with a wedge in their hand. There's certain things that mean you will not win. You will not compete at the, the highest level. And one of them is inaccuracy. And he was inaccurate. I 100% agree. And you miss, there's one thing, too, you would add to that list. Uh, leadership. Quarterback is more about being a leader more than in any other position, any other sport. You're right. It's and, the most important. Yeah. And so if you're a leader, that makes up for a lot of physical deficiencies. In Tom Brady's case, he's a much better athlete than he's given credit for. He could have played baseball, crazy. But... Uh, it's decision-making, like you said, the accuracy, like you said. And it's also that leadership. You know, all these stories coming out of Tom Brady texting people at midnight, do this, do that, let's go team. That's leadership. People want to play for him. But, but I, 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 I do know? think – I didn't see any I didn't see any signs that, that Cam Newton was lacking a leadership quality. Well, that's a big here. check mark in his favor. He's yeah. a good leader. He's yeah. a good leader. He's charismatic, but is he is he a good leader? I mean, there's, Actually, there's I think that's – did, that yeah. did you see that take going around yesterday that was saying, you know, if you get a bridge quarterback, if you go get a Ryan Fitzpatrick or somebody random, yeah. they're not going to attract any uh, talent, any new wide receivers, right? They're not going to – but Cam Newton is but your best will. to attract new talent, right? Well, I, I don't know. He's still missing those. The number one thing, Jerry touched on it. The thing that changed with New England when Tom Brady stepped on the field in 2001, that decision-making, as good as Drew Bledsoe was, as much as we love him, and he's, he was a great you know, a great uh, representative of the NFL, of the team, uh, a great guy, but he didn't have those decision-making skills. All of a sudden, Brady comes in, one, two, three, throw, one, two, three, throw. One, the team changed instantly. 
because of that decision-making quality. And Newton, and a lot of these guys rely too much on their athleticism, which is why they don't survive. And Patrick Mahomes, as good as he is, if he doesn't learn to step drop, drop in the pocket and go one, two, three, throw, he's never going to survive like he did playing in the Super Bowl, running for you know, 500 yards, running all over the place. It looked great. It was fun to watch. He's an incredible athlete, but he's never going to be consistently successful until he learns to drop back and throw the football. That's the yeah, that's, NFL that's, game. That's, that's the why, NFL game. I mean, yeah, Lamar Jackson can win an MVP. That's all yep. well and good and lead his team to the playoffs and all that, but he ain't going to do it for 15 years Bingo. or even, you know, 10 or 12. I would say the one thing I would say one thing for uh, Deshaun Watson, I think he's learning, he's learned and he'll continue to learn to get rid of the ball, to not uh, make dumb decisions like Lamar Jackson to, you know, challenge a, uh, a tackle challenge, a linebacker yeah. or safety. He gets down, he gets out of bounds, he gets rid of the ball and he'll yeah. continue to do that, which is why he's so valuable at 25, which is why the Texans, even the stupid Texans aren't dumb enough to trade. Although we did throw this out there yesterday, what would you? What do you think will happen, Kerry Byrne, if Miami offers Tua the third pick and say another? So they get the third pick in the draft, another first round pick next year, and Tua for Deshaun Watson. Does Houston, which is clearly rebuilding from the bottom, do they pull the trigger on that? I mean, I think Tua has a lot of upside. I think he. Uh, nobody throws. I mean, for what it's worth, people said the same thing about Joe Namath. Nobody throws a football better than Tua, right? He just. It looks beautiful. I think he has a lot of upside. I think that could turn out to be a good deal for everybody. But clearly, their present situations for both quarterbacks aren't tenable, right? And a lot of it comes down to are you wanted, are you loved, are you happy there, right? And that that right now, both are in dysfunctional situations. So I, I whatever the actual particulars are of that deal, that could turn out to be one of those win-wins. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like the possibility for both teams because I think both quarterbacks, Deshaun definitely and Watson definitely, and and Tua, uh, I think they both have a lot of upside. I think the Look, people have kind of jumped on Tua too quickly. Yeah, that's the question is, do people think Tua was just a, I mean, had a rough rookie year and will be good? I mean, because coming out, there was the thought that he was going to be, you know, as good as Deshaun Watson or as good as, as good as anyone. And if they still think that in Houston, in their football offices, then they could pull the trigger on that, end up with a stud at three and then a stud next year along with the, along with their own pick next year. I mean, they, they could say we are rebuilding. Deshaun Watson is clearly way ahead of much better than Tua, but we are rebuilding. Plus, you know, could it get any worse in, in Houston right now? I mean, they're literally, no, uh, no. they're literally doing pieces on ESPN this morning about how they uh, wouldn't, how the owner wouldn't support the players who knelt with Colin Kaepernick, you know, back in, you know, four years ago yeah, yeah. and how, Oh, everything's gone downhill since uh, you, you knew kind of knew that would happen, but they've become kind of that target of, uh, you know, the ESPN, the talking heads out there that they're just dysfunctional and incompetent. And Jack Easterby is the, is the guy in the crosshairs and everyone's hoping for the worst for, for the Texans going forward. And they're going to make that much worse if they deal Deshaun Watson. And yeah, the, the reason I don't Whitehead. listen, the reason I don't listen to that stuff is because, I don't know, and we you talk about this incessantly, and, and I'm with you on almost all of it, just because it appears in the headlines doesn't make it true. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes in Houston. I don't know if the ESPN reports are true. I have no idea. I know, I say this in my, in my consulting business too, headlines are not truth. They are content marketing tools. They're writing stuff to get you to read it, regardless of its truth, right? So when, when we hear the stuff, what's going on behind the scenes, I don't know, which is why I look at the 
data at the end of the day because I know that's truth. I know I can I can tell what's really going on. So what's going on behind the scenes in Houston? I don't know. But by the way, while we were talking, I'm looking up two of his stats. The storyline, right? And I've not really looked at his numbers too closely. The storyline, he had a terrible rookie year. The team went six and three with them. He completed 64% of his passes, better than two to one touchdown interception ratio and 87 rating, which is probably about average last season. So not great, but a rookie year, guys only played nine games. His upside is phenomenal. Right. I think mm-hmm. people selling to her right now are way ahead of the curve. Which I I could see Houston doing, but they ain't trading them to New England or anywhere else or even New York unless you can offer yeah. that young stud potential star quarterback as well as a real high first round pick. Then I I my thought is they will deal with Houston will deal with Miami and that's it. I mean yeah. they're not going to sit because there's no other quarterback that would come back their way. You're certainly not. I mean Sam Darnold doesn't get it done. <laughs> The Patriots have nothing to offer uh, Houston to put yeah. under center next year to save face at least, and yeah. you know sell sell potential to their fan base. And uh, Miami's the only one who could do that. But uh, well, anyway. what we're what we're seeing right now too is how listen the Patriots system worked as long as you had an elite quarterback, and the system was this: we issue stars for that big fat middle of players, right? So instead of having a couple elite players, we have a bunch of kind of meat and potatoes guys who can all play and maybe do multiple things. And, you know, they diversified their, their money across. You yeah, know, that, Kerry, that but, sounds good when you have only, the best quarterback ever. Bingo. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's it I mean, You could do anything. You could sell anything as long as you have Tom Brady. You could sell him on, you know, going cheap. You could sell him on not having great weapons on the outside, not having a great running game. Yep. As long as you have Brady, you can get away with anything. 100% and you could, agree. And you could sell saying. it as, as yeah. great strategy. You know, it's great strategy yep. that we don't have any, we don't sign any superstars yep. on defense. We don't need to pay whatever J.J. Watt $100 million, as long as you have number 12, it, it he makes everything look brilliant. And, 100% and, agree. That's what I was getting at, and that's now you see it. What stars do they have to deal? What do, Who do they have that somebody wants? Who, who, who do they have it? that somebody wants? Good question. They have, <laughs> that's my point. Um, nobody? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I it's not last year, Stefan Gilmore, but then he fell off the map and, uh, with, there was talk of him getting dealt, but he makes a lot of money and that I haven't heard any rumors about that lately. So they got nothing. They certainly have no quarterback and, uh, yeah. which and is why I, I'm kind of back to, back to being sold on Cam Newton in a tiny, oh, hold on. No, no, no. Let me, because, because he can help recruit, hopefully people to the Patriots. I'm not saying it'll be dramatic, but Will he be a guy to help train the next guy up if we draft a quarterback, if we're able to move up in the draft, get a Trey Lance or something like that? Like, can he gr- help groom him for the future? He seems like a guy who, at least through that interview, okay, understands his role now. He but his role in his mind is to still be a starter. I didn't think they could bench him for uh, uh, Stidham last year because I don't think – So where's he going to start if New England doesn't take him? Uh, he'll he'll, he'll – he thinks they'll be somewhere out there. That's all I'm going to say. He's deluding himself. There isn't. He's not good enough anymore. And you don't bring him in to be a backup and help. He said yesterday. Group. He said yesterday the New England Patriots were his only option last year. Okay, so he goes out I, and he has a horrible season. Well, what's his only option this year? The New England Patriots. Well, I, I, let me just remind him. You a free agent. You yes. a free agent. You a free agent. You a free agent. He's also rich. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. I'm rich. And he said you're going to be poor. The kid says. By the way, the the kid Jessica. J-S-E-T-H. Jessica. Yes. I don't know what that, what, what mom and dad are thinking. You strap your kid with that name. 
J-S-E-T-H. Pronounce that for me, Dave Cullinane. Jesseth. Jesseth. Maybe it's just Seth. I don't know. Jesseth. Jesseth Owens, the kid, the punk who uh, heckled uh, Cam Newton. And Cam handled it fine until he said, I'm rich. I mean, I'm rich. I like the part which says, where's your father? And, you know, who you think? But he says, I'm rich. And, and the kid says, you're going to be poor. What an idiot. And the kid apologized. So it's all better. But he, Newton didn't deserve that. Newton is going to, he's heading for some real indignity because he's too young to walk away and he's going to try and play and he's not going to be good. And he's going to get beaten out by some no name, you know, I don't know, Taylor Hinky kind of guy. Some Jared Stidham is going to beat him out. He's heading for that kind of indignity. He doesn't need some. 16 year old brat to heckle him at a football camp, which he volunteered to go to. And I mean, I guess it was nice of the kid to apologize once, you know, all the parents and coaches and everyone around him said, you made a fool of yourself, but hopefully, uh, you know, Newton put it past him because I do think the, the, the craziest thing, he's not like at an NFL game heckling him. He's at a camp where Newton volunteered to help him out. Newton has six kids, I believe at home. And he's spending his time with these strangers, these kids, helping them out. And he gets rewarded for that by, by being heckled with some little brat, uh, you know, 16-year-old. Didn't seem right. But anyway, we're, we're past that. Cam Newton survived that. Hang on. Hold that thought. I got to talk about our new sponsor, GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. As we all know, uniform professionals sign up to serve causes greater than themselves. If you've ever served in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, or frontline medical communities, you are eligible for free membership in GovX.com, the greatest online shopping site for Americans of service like you. Your job demands a lot from you, from deployments to long shifts and the dangerous situations most people don't have the courage to face. There's a reason why GovX believes service-minded patriots like you deserve special recognition. GovX.com delivers the deals on all the gear you need for your on- and off-duty life. Register at GovX for instant access to discounts on epic brands like Oakley, Yeti, Garmin, Vortex Optics, Benchmade, Danner, and more. The site was built exclusively for the men and women who serve our country and communities. That's why every month, GovX supports nonprofits serving the military, first responder, or law enforcement communities. We don't just thank you for your service. We honor it. Signing up is fast and easy and totally free. Become a member today and use code Callahan for $15 off your first order of $50 or more. GovX.com. Savings for those who serve. I want to get to, I have some more uh, uh, NFL questions for our right. cold, hard football facts guy. But first, I tease this, and, I, and I'm sure everybody's just waiting to hear it, because I was curious. You're, let me guess, uh, Bert, you're a Springsteen guy? I think he's an incredible writer and an incredible repository of American music. He's also the crazy batshit moonbat, but. Yes, I, I made my peace with that long ago. I love his yeah. music. I grew up with it. I, you know. I, I know it all. I, I enjoyed it. I've seen him a bunch a of brilliant times. writer. He's one of the great writers in American history, great writer and a yep. great live performer, you know, yep. absolutely the best and lost his way politically he became a total, I mean, he always was, but uh, you know, he became an establishment guy supporting the, you know, the deep state, the swamp. That's his side. He hated Trump. I understand all that. I could separate the two. I could still enjoy his music, but now we got him as a uh, his deep thoughts in a podcast form with Obama. We got two narcissists yeah. Yeah. Who've, who are literally 
not quite billionaires, but they're both heading that way. They're yeah. billionaires. They are establishment guys. You know, they are, they are, put it this way, they will never, ever, ever be in danger of being canceled for anything. You know, they are the most politically correct celebrities you will ever find. Well, he just got canceled by Jeep, right? <laughs> well, not. This we'll is all see. great timing, by the way. This we'll is all see. great timing for a launch of a podcast. So. By the way, the podcast, in the podcast, uh, Barack Obama does most of the talk and Bruce kind of grunts along at times. And Barack Obama leads the podcast and Bruce kind of reacts. Bruce actually brings his, breaks out his guitar and plays a song at one point, which was nice. But Barack Obama says he's recording it right after John Lewis's funeral, which was... How long ago was that? Six months, eight months? Yeah, it was a while. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Yeah. And I'm going, what? <laughs> so this was before the election? Yeah, that July. was mid-summer, right? Yeah July. Ju yeah, July. So this is before, which is, I don't understand why. It's like when, uh, during the Democrat convention, when, um, when uh, Michelle Obama recorded a speech from Martha's Vineyard, like she took a minute from her day and looked into you know the Zoom, got on a Zoom call and did a speech. Didn't you know want to put too much effort into it, and she did it like on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and then a whole bunch of stuff happened, and she missed it because she just didn't want to update it, didn't want to do it like in any kind of timely way. These two, I don't know. I guess they recorded a while ago. Maybe they recorded different parts at different times. It's only fifty-five minutes, so I'm not sure why they couldn't have done it three days ago um I'm and they did up and they did update it because obama references the insurrection at the top of well, the that's true. podcast that's so. True. so i guess they do whatever uh, recorded different sections maybe they couldn't get together you know because barack's on the vineyard and springsteen is in la and sometimes I think, they, I think they said that they recorded it over two or three days all at once and it's going to be eight total episodes i believe well, maybe I misheard, but whatever. Is that what it is? Eight total episodes and oh, yeah. and forty eight people uh, producing it. But um, uh, let's. It is about what you expect. A lot of race talk. A lot of how America is an awful racist place, and how they had to <laughs> over. And they're both. You know, uh, they were they were both odd oddballs as kids and outcasts and pariahs and growing up. Barack Obama. Let's get it straight. Grew up a rich kid in Hawaii, and. You know, he get, tells a story about playing on the tennis team when he was like 12 years old. I'm sorry. There's no such thing as an outcast who plays on the tennis team in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> but let's listen to some of uh, right. Renegades with Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama, the big new podcast. In America, you know, we have loved black people and brown people when they're entertaining us. But when they want to live next door, we remain a tribal society. You know, it, it, it's part of our tragicness. You know, that, that continues, obviously, to this day. You know, um, and I don't think I, I don't think it's ever been more. More essential. A subject as it is at this very moment. Hold, hold on, hold uh, on, right there. Just pause it for a second. I can I have a suggestion to one of the forty-eight producers on working on this. Bring the patron next time. Bring, yeah. bring the patron. Put a put a. I mean, 
Is he just like wandering off? Is he? There were, there were, did you see pictures? There were a lot of uh, beverages on the table. I don't think any were alcoholic, even though you know they talked so highly of their nights together, where they were uh, having some having yeah. drinks together. Yeah, they did, and I never heard Barack Obama talk so much about the drink at a yeah. party and whatever. But I think Barack Barack is smart enough to know that this was really kind of flat and kind of dull, and he was trying to liven it up. But Bruce thinks. When he's this kind of uh, slow and 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 pensive, he thinks that makes him sound smarter and and makes him sound deeper. So he drags it out, and, uh, and it's like I a couple times. I'm not kidding. I listened to the audio. I didn't watch it. I was looking to see if it if I lost the connection because he had these long pauses, and I'm going, "Is that it? Is it over?" And and. And Brock, I don't know if he's even paying attention at this point, but he's letting them babble. You cannot tell me that there's a that people will. I, I know lots of, you know, middle-aged white sports writers will say how great it is, but for the most part, people who listen to that are going to be bored out of their minds. No, I mean, well, ninety percent. I would say ninety percent, right, are going to listen to it. They're not going to watch it, right, because it's exclusive right. to Spotify. Nobody's watching video on Spotify. They're not watching Joe Rogan on Spotify. So I have no idea. It's like this show is like radio, right? Like it's live to tape. We try to get it out as soon as the podcast is over. So if you cough, your cough is going to go out. Uh, it makes sense in our format. There's. He recorded this on July 30th, <laughs> like with 40 producers. Edit the shit. I don't even Jerry, I don't know. Did, did, I'm pretty sure Kerry just nodded off. Um, no, no. When I, uh, when I heard of this podcast yesterday, my name for it was Two Men Who Hate America. That's what I put on Facebook. That, that's what they uh, should call it. They I mean, should call it Two Men. But by the way, I've always had this theory uh, ever since I was a kid. When, you know, I was, I was in high school when Born in the USA came out, right? That was my sweet spot as a, you know, teenager. A great album. Every song on it's awesome. But, my theory on Springsteen was this. He was always kind of uh, lionized as this working class hero. No, he hates working America. He hates middle America. His songs are about escape, about how horrible it is to be a working guy in this country. That's what his songs are about. His songs don't celebrate hey. the working man. They they ridicule it. you got to get away. What horrible. There's plenty of working people who have happy, fulfilled lives. See, and he, I like he thinks they're terrible people who, who are miserable. He I've always working America. I like I like miserable songs. I like depressing songs, sad music. I like the Nebraska even, but um, but he doesn't celebrate I, working. I don't know America. what he hates it. I don't know what makes Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen <laughs> renegades. Someone's explained. I agree. I, agree. I mean, if if there's one, I guess Springsteen's a rock and roller, and he could say he's a renegade. If there's one person who would be the exact antithesis of a renegade, it would be Barack Obama. Yep. I mean. His whole life, he's he's been, you know played the system. He's got a great education, you know, on the on the arm for you know on the taxpayers mostly. I mean, he became a politician as a young man, as a community activist. He's never actually bucked the system in any way. He and is the system. He is the system, I and he's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars as a result. How that guy could be considered a renegade is beyond me. But can can we play a little bit more of Bruce Springsteen's deep thoughts here, Dave? I think, why is it so hard to talk about race? Why am I, why am I pausing here? <laughs> you know, um, talk about race, you have to talk about your differences. Talk about race, you have to talk about, um, to some degree, the, um, 
deconstructing the myth of Nelson. Oh, hold on a second. It's the reason he's a writer and not a speaker. I'm right. I mean, just sing a song. You know, I hate to sound like Laura Ingram. How about you shut up and sing? Yeah, I, had, yeah. I had seven Mississippis during that part. Did he not prepare for this podcast? Did he not think what they – first of all, you knew they were going to talk about race and how awful America is. Secondly, I love when liberals say, why is it so hard to talk about race? It's all they talk about. I know. How is it, if it's so hard, why do you do it constantly? Jerry, when he laments, Lamont, that's when, all he ever talks about. It's not that hard. When he laments, you know, the, uh, the you know, uh, the black people in your community, how many black people live in, in, in Bruce Springsteen's neighborhood? How many poor black people live in that neighborhood? Here's my thing. I, this is the horses. He's got a horse farm. All these people, these limousine liberals, they're from Cambridge and Lexington and Concord and Back Bay and Silicon Valley and Upper West Side. Not one of them lives in a diverse society. They live in the whitest centers of elite power in the world. In the world. They don't know the diversity the rest of us live with. They don't. The, well, bet, the average American lives a very diverse life. We have family members and friends and family from all walks of life. We all, except, except the big, except the moon bats from Cambridge and Lexington and Silicon Valley and Upwest Side. They only know white people. They only know rich white people. And they think that's the existence for the rest of America. Well, the, um, it's not true. Before this, this drives me nuts. I'm sorry, this drives me nuts. Bruce and, and they both talked about how tough their upbringing was because yeah. one time, one time a tennis coach asked Barack if the, if the color would come off his skin and yeah. he like made a joke, a stupid racist joke. And Bruce said, you know, he had lots of black friends. I swear to a lot of black friends. And when there were, <laughs> and there were race riots in Newark, they said they couldn't talk to me anymore. And I'm thinking, I mean, boy, you're really, you know, emphasizing your, you know, bona fides being you had black friends, but he wrote a song about it, about moving out. That's what, the, what, what song is that? It's from the, it's from, That's the, from the Jeffersons. Field. I think you got them mixed up. No, no, no. What's the song? I was eight years old. My hometown is about them getting out because it. black people are moving in. They're leaving. That's what the whole song's about. He sings it in this podcast. He does, does a little he? acapella or not acapella. He breaks out yeah. a folk guitar and, and um, sings a uh, acoustic version in the podcast. And yeah. talks about how great the song is, his own song. But anyway. But it's a song about leaving because black people are moving in. That's what it's he about. He talked about race riot, and he said it's all true. Some white kid shot a shotgun into a black kid's car and yeah. blinded him, and it was a friend of his. I guess I'm selling, I'm, I'm promoting their podcast because I guess that part was interesting. But here's what I want you to do, Dave. Right where you, right where you pause, play it. And we're going to play it until Barack Obama wakes up and says something. Because I think he took a nap during this, this rambling mess of a, of a thought from Bruce. But let's hear some more from Bruce. Which has never fundamentally been true. Admitting that a big part of our history has been plunderous and violent and rigged against people of color. We're ashamed ashamed of our collective guilt we would have to admit and to grieve for what's been done we would have to acknowledge our own daily complicity and to acknowledge our group membership and that we are tied to the history of uh, of 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 racism of, of of that racism of a great wrong yeah there you go he finally comes in. He's sitting here talking about the system's rigged against people of color, and he's looking at 
Barack Obama. <laughs> two minutes and two minutes and thirty seconds of is that how long it was? Two minutes yeah. and thirty seconds. And you know, Obama, to his credit, tries to have a little energy and a little humor during this whole podcast. And he's yeah. looking at Bruce, going, "Are you going to be this? This just genius." They're well, taking the abnormal and turning it into the normal. The reality is most of us get fucking along. That's the reality. The, it's the least racist country, not in the world, in the history of the world. And I, I, I guess you weren't paying attention when there was a white, white, supremacist, in, white supremacist insurrection on January 6th. Oh, was that and in the all, news? I must have missed All it. the white supremacists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about this earlier and saying that narrative, one day someone just came up with this idea. And I know why, because Trump was leaving and they said, we need a new boogeyman. Yep. Let's blame white supremacy. Let me ask you this. Can you think of a single white supremacist? Like, who would be the face of this movement? Is there a guy? And since, since Charlottesville, when we saw all those losers, and they were all chanting about Jews. Jews aren't going to replace <laughs> us. And they were weird, and they were losers, and they were nobodies, and they like all lost their jobs. But since then... This alleged white supremacist movement, which is the most dangerous challenge in facing us, according to the Democrats, according to Merrick Garland and all the congressmen, who's the leader of it and where do they hold their meetings? And I mean, I'll, I'll I see the face of Antifa and BLM every day. I, know. I see their mugshots. You know, I see their, I their movement. I read, you know, Andy, no, I, I, I know that there are certain people who are leading that movement. I want to know who's the people leading the movement for white supremacy that's supposedly threatening our, our very way of life. Well, if we were if we were years previous, you would say David Duke, right? But now we. Yeah, don't. but he's been long he, since. Yeah. You know, that when's the last time you ago. saw him on yeah. Morton Downey? I mean, yeah. <laughs> when does when does I mean David Duke does he even have a, like a group in Louisiana that meets for coffee? I mean, does he even have any people? The him? only the, the biggest racists in this country are the Democrats who talk about race constantly. I you, I see two people, and a Democrat looks at them by their color. If if a white guy and a white guy get into a fight, it's it's just a fight. If a black guy and a black guy get into a fight, it's just a fight. If a white guy and a black guy get into a fight, all of a sudden it's racism, according to the left. It's not just two guys in a fight. They can't look at anything except through the prism of race. They are the racist. They are the uh, racist. We have to we have to turn the table as as Americans, as proud Americans, as decent, hardworking people who love all their neighbors and love all people, we need to start turning the tables on this and stop taking the abuse and point out that the racists are the Democrats. They run the system, the system of oppression, the sy systemic racism, systemic injustice. This, it's all run by Democrats. And I think um, there's a point where people just had enough and they, they okay, enough, enough talk. They're not going to like this podcast. And maybe it, the next one will be better. And maybe Bruce will have some tequila and maybe someone will coach Barack up and they'll do a better job. But imagine imagine producing this, right? You spend all millions of dollars, you hi hire 45 people to produce it, all this stuff. You know it's going to be released in February of 2021, and Bruce Springsteen gets uh, charged with uh, <laughs> DUI or whatever it was, uh, you know, three weeks before you're supposed to release the podcast. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, I think I, it sounds to me like he's going to beat the rap, which is, yeah. you know, which won't matter, but whatever. It's. It, it, they, there will be the critics will love it. You know, there'll be people and you know, all the, you know, the middle-aged white guys, liberals, all the, you know, the, the people on MSNBC and all the, you know, the, the historian, you know, Michael Beschloss will probably think it's wonderful. And these guys, you know, Joe Scarborough is probably aroused at the thought of listening to these <laughs> two old 
these two washed up old race hustlers talking about their tough upbringing. Uh, but for the most part, podcasting has become like radio. There are people behind the scenes who are absolute morons who are saying, here's an idea. We were talking about this. I was talking about this off the air uh, yesterday with someone that did you see that, that uh, Troy Aikman wants to uh, do a podcast for Barstool because he's seen their success and he's a, he went and saw Deion Sanders debut and he wants to do, and that'll be terrible. You know, Troy, Troy Aikman, yeah. you know, he's, He's got no sense of humor. He's a smart football guy, but it's mostly a little you know, dry. Yeah. A little dry states the obvious. I mean, there's new podcasts with athletes who just want to be, um, you know, part of the podcast. Boom. Like the, yeah. uh, the one with Cam Newton, who was the host of that one? Was that Michael Irvin or was that uh, Brandon Marshall, Brandon Marshall? I mean, Brandon Marshall, I'm sure, you know, probably got out of the gate. Okay. Did a couple of, pod- but eventually he's going to get, tired of it bored with it and no one will listen it just won't they'll they're not conditioned you know to put they're conditioned the way bruce is to show up turn the mic on i'll ramble and people will love it because i'm bruce you know i'm brandon marshall so i just show up and whatever i say people will think it's it's profound it doesn't work that way you gotta put some thoughts do you think even Bruce Springsteen fans are going to listen to this podcast i like i said i don't think he's one of the great writers ever in american history but I have no desire to listen to anything he says. Well, I know I, where he stands. I listened I to the entire know. entire first episode, and I'm not going to because I know it'll be more of the same. It's like there's a little fake laughter, but there's really no humor. It's just, you know, just tedious. And, and Obama seems like the most humorless person. I mean, there's no, not a humor yeah. bone in that man. I think he tries to get Bruce going a little bit yeah. and jokes about, you know, how they had drinks one night. And Bruce was like, yeah, and then uh, – and then yeah. I thought uh, we are dealing with this again. And, but uh, the, it's the, our, almost, it almost doesn't uh, even matter. Like it, uh, Spotify can make it uh, as successful as uh, they want. You know, true. No, That's but true. I, I, they're right. They'll lie about it. And say it's a huge yeah. hit. Well, I mean, first of all, it's it's basically a social media site for audio in general, so they can pummel you with ads to listen to this podcast. You know, and 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 to their credit, I guess, like they basically built that upon Joe Rogan, who worked his ass off to accumulate that audience, and now they could spread it around however yeah, they want. And, and by the way, speaking of Joe Rogan, he stepped in yesterday. Boy, I thought he might even get canceled. He said. Ted Cruz didn't do anything really awful. <laughs> he defended Ted Cruz for going to uh, Cancun for 12 hours. And you don't do that. You don't, I mean, there are certain rules. You don't defend Donald Trump and you don't defend uh, Ted, Ted Cruz, who's kind of the new Donald Trump, the new ultimate super villain to the media in the left is Ted Cruz. So whatever he did, doesn't really matter what he did as long as he did something questionable something controversial you must bounce you must kick him in the head and joe rogan to his credit refused to do that and he faced a little backlash but that's why you know that's why isn't it, isn't it funny if trump was still president there'd be nothing but non-stop criticism of how he the federal failure to respond to the texas right. ice storm right but because the democrats are off like how people don't see the disparity in the coverage is how they don't realize they're being manipulated is beyond is I don't get it because it's just so obvious. They don't even hide it anymore. They don't even pretend. They don't even pretend. They have, they have a president who refuses to do a press conference, like refuses to take their questions and they don't complain. It's amazing. The media doesn't complain when the president, imagine if Trump did that, he's been in office for more than a month and has not taken a question from you know, in, at a press conference 
and they have no problem. Uh, would you would you take questions uh, if you were? The only way to spare more pain and more loss, the only way these millstones no longer mark our national mourning, these milestones, I should say, no no longer mo- mark our national mourning. I would much rather hear that than Springsteen and Obama took for an hour. But you're right. They know almost like. If Jen Psaki was going to be honest, she would say what Dave just said. Said, you know, they said they asked her yesterday. You know, at this time in their presidency, every president, Trump and Clinton and Bush and Obama, they've all done press conferences. What about your guy? And so she, he, she says he's going to do one not this week. And she should be honest and say, "Are you kidding? We think you think we're going to let this confused old man out in front of you guys, even though you all love him? He can't handle it. It's way above." anything he can handle he called the lid at 8 a.m the other day and by the way i don't know i haven't seen anything that he said about texas i'm sure he said some cliches about oh we wish him the best and our thoughts and prayers are with him but if trump weren't on the ground in texas handing out water he'd be getting killed agreed this guy doesn't go anywhere he goes his only trip that he's taken is like to delaware and back, and that's that's as far as he goes. What? Milwaukee, I guess, once, but he's not. He's gonna have to go around the world. He's gonna have to like go to Japan. Imagine flying when that guy with that mental state flying for you know twenty hours and then having to give a speech. To me, it's and I, we don't have time to get into all the COVID yeah. panic, but it's like you have to ask yourself one question: Do they really believe it? And there's only one answer. When you listen to John Kerry say, we have to take action now. I have to, you know, we have to get back in the Paris. We have to, you know, make laws and get rid of engine, you know, combustible. And, and, and you say, does he really think that? And the answer is obviously no. It's like, it's like when you have Gavin Newsom saying you must stay home or we're all going to die. Or if you don't wear a mask, you know, you're going to die. And then you see him out at dinner, no mask. Clearly Gavin Newsom doesn't believe what he says so why would you take it seriously why would you listen to somebody who doesn't believe his own words I, you, you could say that about any number of these liberals you know ralph northam and laurie lightfoot yep. and nancy pelosi getting her hair done no mask yep. telling you that if you don't wear a mask you're going to kill everybody so they don't believe it why do you we've created a we've created two generations of compliant nitwits who believe the government knows all and that they're job is to listen to whatever the government tells them it's 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 uh, it's frightening how how today's the 76th anniversary of the flag raising on iwo jima okay february 23rd 1945 the grandchildren great-grandchildren of those brave little brave teenage boys who raised that flag are now compliant tools who will do anything the government tells them <laughs> and it's frightening how fast this has happened how we went from those six boys from all over the country raising that flag under a hail of gunfire three of whom were killed immediately afterward uh, how we've gone from those heroes to a nation of nitwits, compliant and, nitwits, is frightening how fast it's happening. And you couldn't, I mean, I say this all the time because I clearly, I, when I run or walk my dog, I don't wear a mask because I'm not an idiot, but I get the dirty looks. Occasionally I got yelled at. If you asked that person, it, like that person you see with two masks and said, if you get vaccinated or if you get the antibodies, if you get the virus and you get over it, why do you need a mask? They can't tell you. Yeah. They just they were told you. They were told you. They, but they don't have they don't understand why, but they yeah. do it anyway. They do not yeah. question why. They say yeah. Fauci, Fauci, who's been wrong about everything. everything. First thing this morning I get up, 
Carrie, I flip on the TV, and for some reason, I happen to, it was on CNN. I don't know why. And there's Fauci on and on again, and how you have to do this and have to do this. Fauci said that he, it's, it's not, you, you shouldn't be ready to hug your grandchildren after you get vaccinated. To me, that's the ultimate, well, I don't know, the argument, disincentive to get vaccinated. It's I like, know. So when you get vaccinated, you have to remain social distant. You have to keep wearing a mask and you have to stay away from, you know, your family members. So if I'm on the fence, I'm going, then why the hell am I getting vaccinated? I'll just wait this out if I don't get to live my life. So the messaging is just wrong, but it's also to me indicative of his mindset. He is never going to cede control. He loves the virus. He loves the lockdowns. He loves being the center of attention. People he loves- love being afraid, Jerry. They love being afraid. They love feeling like they're living in a tough time. Life has never been easier. The human population grew by 84 million people last year. The greatest population boom in the history of mankind was 2020. Human population has never grown by that much. And, but people think we're living in tough times. They like, they like to feel like they're victims. We've created a society that loves victimhood. And people want to, people like the fear. They like feeling like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm living through a especially dark time. You're not. You're and, not. But, and, but they couldn't tell you why. You know, they couldn't tell you why. They couldn't tell you, okay, why are you wearing a mask while you're running alone? They can't tell you why. After you get vaccinated, after you get the virus and the anti- you have the antibodies, why do you need a mask? Uh, Fauci said so. I know. Fauci said so. He probably he no, probably hates his grandkids. That's probably what it comes down to. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm happy for his grandkids that they don't have to listen <laughs> to this guy. I mean, if they really want to listen to him, turn on anything. He, he, no one, no one loves the camera like Anthony Fauci. No one loves his own voice. Loves to see himself on TV. I mean, this guy, you know, makes Ryan Seacrest look like a you know shrinking violet. He's just everywhere all the time, saying things and then contradicting himself two days later. And nobody seems to. Oh, thank you, Doctor Fauci. You're you're so smart and you're so you're so uh, helpful here. I mean, what does he do other than sell fear, more fear every day? There's no sign that yeah, you know, we're done here. You got yeah. vaccinated. Good luck. Go see your grandkids. Give them a hug. Finally, you made it through. What? What? Why can't you do that? Do you guys understand why you can't? Why you can't get rid of the mask after you get vaccinated? Can you explain that to me? Can at all. By the way, Jerry, another grim milestone yesterday for COVID. Uh, as of yesterday, Manhattan surpassed five percent of the population confirmed with COVID. Not five percent of the population yesterday. Total all year since last year, since the outbreak began in, you know, January. 5% of the population now of Manhattan, of 2 million people have been confirmed with COVID total over an entire year. That's it. And of them, almost all of them survived. And of the ones right. that did die, they were what? You know, they were in all in nursing homes and half of them died because Cuomo killed them. <laughs> I mean, we're talking, that's it. 5% total. And if you do the math, if it, if the, if it lasts two weeks, it's an, on average about 3,800 people on a given day in Manhattan among 2 million people have COVID and almost all of them survive. I'm that's, gonna, that's, how, gonna, that's it. This is in the epicenter, epicenter of the outbreak. And uh, I can imagine if Trump got reelected, how, how much we'd be dealing with this grim milestone. I know. I, mean, I, know, I, know. I, I guess, again, we go by their rules. Biden has killed 100,000 people now in yeah. a little over a month. He's killed 100. <laughs> All of them would be alive if not for Joe Biden. Yep. Those are Joe Biden's rules, not mine. But yep. anyway, we'll uh, we'll look for that ticker on CNN. I don't know the that it's a clock. The, 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 right, the doomsday clock that was 
featured prominently during the Trump years. By the way, before we go, I don't know if I'll be talking to you before Sunday. What are we expecting Sunday from Donald Trump? Is he going to come out there guns blazing? He's giving his first speech at CPAC. I'm, I, I don't know who's helping him write it. I don't know who's helping him you know, script it. But there is potential that he comes out and just sets the world on fire, just comes out guns blazing. There's nothing Twitter can do to stop him. I'm, I realize, you know, CNN will pull the plug and won't show it. But he's gets to speak freely before a big audience on Sunday night. This is going to be better than the freaking Super Bowl. Everyone's going to be tuning in. I hope so. I, I want him. I want scorched earth, man. I want, I want things to burn, you know, and, and not in the, not in the black lives matter way in which like downtowns literally burn. I meant, I meant kind of verbally. I want him right. to go after he's still the most popular politician in America far and away. But think of the scores. He has to not that he's a vengeful yeah. guy, but think of the scores he has to settle. Yeah. You know, Mitch McConnell, number one on the list and the various uh, Lynn Cheney, the various Republicans who turned on him, didn't support him. I hope he doesn't go after Mike Pence because Pence didn't do anything wrong. But the media, this one after another is going to go after the media. And then Biden, Biden yesterday talked about how the uh, the vaccine was such a mess under his predecessor. They didn't have enough. The guy, if you're Trump, and I realize he's a lunatic, but even if you're thinking clear, you developed this vaccine in record time. And now your successor, this, this, this incoherent old man is saying... <laughs> You left him in a bad spot because you didn't have enough, a good enough plan or enough uh, vaccines. That will set Trump, you know, on edge and, and over the edge. That he's going to go hard after you name it, Biden and Harris and the media and you know what, Jen Psaki and I mean CNN, MSNBC, Scarborough, Mika. It's going to be like uh, you know. Well, like the baptism scene, man. He's Michael Corleone, and he is going to settle all the scores. All scores. And it'll be, you know, over the top. It'll be a little insane, but it's going to be entertaining. And I don't think he's going to announce whether he's running again or not yet, but he's certainly going to make it clear that he's back in, you know, involved, and he's not going away. What's By the way, the, uh, what's the COVID uh, restriction? I mean, it's in Florida, right? So it's loosened up. Right. To some it's extent. in Orlando. Yeah, it's in Orlando. So what? What's the capacity limit? Because I would think he's just going for the for the rally high. You know, he misses the rally. It's high. gonna be. It's gonna be a high, and I'm telling you, it'll be a little, uh, little uh, insane, and it'll be entertaining. It'll be better than Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen's podcast. How's that? And Pence, Pence declined an invitation, right? He's going to lay low yes, for first time in 18 years. Pence will not be speaking at CPAC, which is fine. Pence, Pence is a low key guy. He should stay low key. And and, and uh, I'm sure people are telling Trump, leave Mike out of it. Just, yeah. you know. but, by the way, the moon bats are so vengeful. They are trying to shut down the skating rinks in New York city because know. the Trump family runs them. It tells it was an outcry saying these poor kids have nowhere to skate. That so they're going to win them running through the season, I'm, and then I'm, they're going to renegotiate the contract. How I'm, vengeful I'm, is that? I'm, I'm going easy on de Blasio these days, Kerry, because he turned on Cuomo. So I like that. you got to like that. I hate de Blasio, but as long as he joins the mob and you know going after Cuomo, I'll, I'll give him a pass for a day or two. I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying watching these these crazy New York liberals turn on each other and turn on killer Cuomo. It's going to be like the French Revolution. They're all going to turn on eat their own, man. They're going to be Break. getting each other in the streets sooner or later. Break know? out the guillotine. Hey, you know what they can get? They can borrow the guillotine from the white supremacists. Who went to <laughs> they, didn't get, they didn't even use it. They didn't yeah. even behead 
Pence, yeah. let's let's break out the guillotine and go after Killer Cuomo. Oh, it's back. The ticker's back. I'm looking at CNN. We're at 500,443, I believe about 100,000 of whom were killed by Biden. Trump killed the others, but, uh, you know, Biden oh. is... Have you, seen the head, have you seen the headlines comparing the death total to the Americans killed in warfare? Yes, this beats uh, World War One, two Vietnam and Korea combined. A couple of differences. One, like the 400, 500,000 people who died in the Civil War, America had 20 million people at the time. Okay. There were 618,000 died in the Civil War. Okay. And in a nation of 20 million people, right. we're now 330 million people. And the people who died in the war were 19, 20, 21 years old, not 82 living in nursing homes. They, not only did they die, future generations were never born. Entire family trees died because these kids died. The comparison, you have to be a moonbat among moonbats. You, you have to be Harvard educated to think this is a, is, a, is, a, is a proper equivalent comparison. You have to be Columbia educated, and you had to learn from the professor who's doing heroin when he's oh uh, God, at the yeah. end of the day. But we'll get, I, want, I want to get to him another day, right. Colleen. I've had him on my list for a couple of days. A professor at... Uh, Columbia, who boasts that after a hard day at the office, he goes home, sits by the fire, and snorts heroin. And he thinks that's... I'm, I'm, I'm bummed we didn't get to it, because I think I'm team uh, Carl, Professor Carl Hart. I think I'm on his Excellent. side. Yeah. Excellent. We will tease that for tomorrow. I promise we'll get to that. Dave's going to defend the professor who says he snorts heroin and bath salts, by the way. that's Instead of having a glass of wine by the fire, he, he does a, a bump, a bump of heroin and, and bath salts. And, you know, Helps them relax, but made some, good that's, points. Made some strong that's, points. That's what's teaching your kid if you send them to Columbia. But we'll leave it there. Gary Byrne from Cold Hard Football Facts. Thanks for the facts, Gary. We will talk to you again soon. And thanks to uh, DCU at Shake Concrete Now. I'm Pevin Govex. And thanks to everybody. I know there's a lot we didn't get to, Colin. And you don't have to remind me, but yeah. uh, I went off on uh, Bruce and Barack. Bruce Get and Barack, on. yeah. And I think that podcast was so bad it was good. It was so bad I couldn't stop listening. It's like, I don't know. That's what Spotify is doing now. Like, obviously, Michelle Obama had her podcast. They have the royal, what, not the royal family anymore, right? What, Prince Harry and uh, right. Marco. Like, you know, those don't work. I mean, they work for a day, but A, these people don't have the work ethic. You really, I mean, not that Bruce doesn't work hard, but I don't think his life is dedicated to putting out a good podcast. He's, He's busy with music and such, and he's 71 years old, and he's, you know, drunk oh, half the time. So next time I'll watch the video. This time I just listened on Spotify, but I'll watch it. I'll give you one more. We'll do one more review of uh, Renegades. <laughs> Renegades. Uh, but uh, you know what? Um, uh, we'll give them another chance. We'll see if they bounce back again next time. But uh, we will leave it there. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? You, no one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Are you headed back to college this fall? Amazon has part-time jobs with students in mind. With starting pay up to $20 an hour and shifts that work with your schedule, you'll be able to balance school, work, study time, and social time. 
So beat the fall rush and go to Amazon.com slash student jobs to start looking for a part-time job. Not only will you earn while you learn, but you'll get to add Amazon to your resume and jumpstart a career that can take you places. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.